You're listening to Joe Dalton on Dublin South FM, crossing the Rubicon. Yes, folks, as I always say, it's another week here at Dublin South FM. And last week we had Ronan Rooney on and we were talking about consciousness and the world as it stands today, which leads me into this week's guest, Christine Sykes. Uh, Christine has, I would say, transformed and changed thousands on thousands of parents and teachers' perspective on children around the world. She has created a program which helps people, adults, understand and how to address my body is my choice with children. A songwriter, a woman who has passion for what she does and also is part of the Goodwill Ambassador Association as well. Christy, welcome to Dublin South FM. Thank you very much for inviting me, Joe. I'm delighted. I'm delighted to to have you. Um, we spoke a couple of weeks ago. Um, we were we were talking about the world as it is, and one of the things which I found from the last conversation was that why you were doing this and the reason you know that passion, like you said to me, I don't care if people take my course for free once you're doing the right thing with it you know there may be people who might use it and then try and rebrand it as their own but you really want to get into the schools and into the parents and really help them with their children with their children so you're you were a song you're a songwriter where how did (laughs) this this is the whole thing that you know let's let trying to match up one creativity to the other creativity so yeah it it is it was strange because this this particular area of my life it it just found me it you know I didn't go looking for it I I was a a singer songwriter recording artist in South Africa and um, I was invited to go to Nashville um, to do some recordings because there had been a, a producer that had come over to South Africa called Pete Drake. He was a, a famous producer that worked with Ringo Starr and lots of other stars. And um, so when when somebody says, hey, why don't you come over to Nashville and record? It's like, okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm there. Um, <laughs> so I stopped over in London on the way over to America and while I was in London, there was a trial going on about a little girl called Kimberly um, who was beaten to death by her, her father mainly, but her, her mother was a participant in, in her downfall. You know, she, she was tortured, burnt, kicked, starved, all sorts of uh, Yeah, I remember the case. Yeah, I remember it. Um, so... I had my one of my children was four at the time and I just kept and she kind of looked a little bit like Kimberly and I kept reading the story and going oh my god you know it just it really affected me so on the plane over to America I I wrote a song for Kimberly um cutting forward I'm at somebody's house one night and they're saying um could you play something on the piano because you are you're a singer you know that people always ask you to play the piano or do sing a song so I said well I've just written this one it's called Kimberly but sad you know and one of the people at the um 
at the dinner I didn't know was the the head of child uh, abuse prevention for the state of Texas. So he said, can I use your song to raise awareness for Child Abuse Prevention Month, which it is now April. Um, but this was like 32 years ago. Um, I said, yes. So we, we, he said, I need you to do a tour and take the, the song around. And we, we sold about 14,000 copies and raised $70,000 for um for uh, Child Abuse Prevention Month, and it went to the state of Texas. But in that, I know it's a kind of a long story, but in that, they asked me to, uh, on this tour, to speak about awareness. So um, the first day, I mean, I, I wasn't prepared. I wasn't a speaker. I was a singer, you know. I thought, oh, I'll just go and sing a few songs and say this is for Child Abuse Prevention Month. But, so they put me in a school and there was 500 kids. And I went, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? So I sang a few songs and then I started talking to the kids. And then I said that I had been sexually abused, which I'd never told anybody you know, this was my first reveal, and I'm 30, you know. Um, and um, so we, we, we did that, and I talked to the kids, and I told them how I felt. And um, after the, the, the presentation, loads of kids came up and started saying, oh, I've been abused, and this has happened to me, and this has happened to me. And luckily, we had social services with us because it was Child Abuse Prevention Month. And... They, they just went, wow, this is powerful. So the next day, I had 2,000 kids in a great big, one of the big sports halls in, in the schools in America, the kids all sitting on the bleachers, and it was like, oh, my goodness. So I did the same thing again. And by the end of the week, everyone was saying, wow, music and, and what your message is is really working with the kids. So I said, well, why don't I write a program around this? Why don't I write, tell me exactly what you want me to say and I'll include my, my experiences. And that's how, that was the birth of the My Body is My Body program. And it was just, as I say, it found me. I didn't go looking to do this. I was off to record with <laughs> in Nashville. It's, isn't it quite strange the way life is presented in front of us? You know, yeah. and I always say that when you were on the right path and you were moving along, expecting something to happen, if you have that momentum with you, something unexpected will slap you in the face that wasn't part of your goals <laughs> or your, your projection into stardom. It was some, it's something else that kind of yeah. goes, oh, where did that come from? And you go with that flow. You go absolutely. With the flow with and I've, I've absolutely loved it. I've, um, I, the, the messages that I get back from people saying thank you so much you know, unfortunately, we never know who we've prevented from being abused because if a child learns to say no and and go and tell somebody, we don't, we don't hear those stories, but we do hear the stories of the children that come forward after the program that have been abused, that do tell, and they can get the abuse stopped. And all the parents that come to me to say that they've been abused and even though it's a program for children, it has allowed them 
to talk about it. And that's what this program, apart from the preventative side, it starts the conversation. And that's what's important. Like there's different types of abuse, you know, there's mental abuse, there's physical abuse, there's sexual abuse. Um, and, you know, I think more would correct me if I'm wrong, is mental abuse the worst that is children are experiencing out there on a day to day? We know that there is an X amount of sexual abuse and that's the, you know, all of these are, you know, the elephant in the room. But, you know, mental abuse can cause more damage to a child and the, and that can come from their own age group. Absolutely. I mean, that, that's what we've got to, in the program, we talk about, you know, that it's it's not only adults, it could be other teenagers, it could be siblings. A lot, you know, I mean, siblings do an awful lot of abuse. <laughs> Unin unintentional, I would think, you know, they don't really want to hurt their siblings, but they they, they do. And it's, it's really up to the parents to watch the activities that, that are going on. But the, the biggest type of abuse um, in the world is neglect. Neglect is, I, I think, something like 70% of all abuse. Um, but all the four categories of abuse are equally as traumatic and, and disturbing for children. And they grow up with such long-lasting long life problems because of their abuse. Could you just explain a little on neglect? Mm -hmm. Well, neglect can come in many forms, but neglect is just not looking after your child, not being there for the child, not feeding the child properly, not, um, not making sure they're brushing their teeth, brushing their hair, um, helping them with their homework. It's just all the parental things that we should be doing, um, not paying attention to what's going on in that child's life you know, brushing them aside when they have problems. Um, I, I think a lot of neglect, I mean, there are very neglectful parents out there, unfortunately, but a, a lot of neglect is because people are just too busy and the child will come to them with something. I'm, and, I, and I talk to children about this, you know, when, we, when we're having our sessions and they say, you know, I, I, I go to my mom and they go, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy, can't talk. No, don't bother me with that. And that's what we need to do. We need to listen to the children because when they're coming to you, they've plucked up the courage. And, you know, um, for a kid to come to a parent with something that's embarrassing or that's a problem, a lot of times it, it, it takes them quite a while to pluck up that courage. And then if you go to the parent and they just dismiss you, you often never talk about that problem again to anyone else and you just bottle it up and it gets worse and worse and worse. So, yeah, it's it's the biggest thing that a child you can offer your child is time. You know, buying yes. gifts. Um, children won't remember that time that you bought them the best gift for the best train station, no. but they'll remember the time you were on the beach with them or in the park and you were skipping stones on in the in the river or at sea. They yeah. remember that, and that's yeah. the memory that they'll have forever. The one-on-one. The, the you the know, one on one, yeah. You know, let's yeah. go for a walk. Come, you know, we'll walk the dog and we can chat while, while we're doing that. And, you know, just 
I, I, I call the parents program a lot of the time. I just call let's start the conversation. You know, are you having any problems at school? Any problems with anybody? Anything that's worrying you? You know, it, it's just opening that conversation so that the kids feel comfortable to talk to you. A lot of parents are not approachable. I think the biggest thing that in, in, in our research that we found that even in junior infants, which is children of the age of four or five who are starting school, that are going in, are having um, language difficulties. Yes. And the reason that they're having these language difficulties is because there's that interaction of conversation is being diminished. And you can see it if you're walking along and there's a child being pushed in a buggy and the parent is on the phone. Absolutely. Or if, you know, you you see people in cars and their kids are in the back and, and someone's on the phone and the kids want to talk. They say, be quiet. Or if someone is stressed, which society has caused that external stress to come internal, they hand the children the phone as well. And exactly. We've spoke about this before, and and for me, it's like keying the children's mind. Um, and there's that dialogue that has been lost, and everybody then is looking into a, a digital screen in an analog world. Um, my father used to say, you know, many years ago about the TV, look at just that God in the corner, he would say, that's taken away. You are all worshiping that God, turn it off. And we would laugh. Now looking back, it makes an awful lot of sense what he was saying at that time, yeah. because it was a God. It was, it was focusing us outwards and it was numbing us in such a way that there was no conversation. And then the digital digital came along with ipads and everything and it was actually a quick fix for parents who were stressed and turned it into the babysitter so that now would you say that now is having a major effect on our children and our youth today absolutely absolutely you know um I, i see so many mothers and i know life has changed um, but I also know when, when I was bringing my kids up, there was nothing like that. So you you did have the one-on-one. But I, I see so many of them. It's the minute the baby cries. And I'm talking about babies from like six months old. Basically, they'll they'll just put the iPhone on, on a on a something that holds it up in front of the, the child, and the child will just sit and watch the screen. It, as you say, it's the babysitter. And then we're also having this problem with a lot of teachers will say that when the kids start school, they're not potty trained. They don't know how to eat properly with, with a knife and fork. There's just the general everyday things that parents should be teaching their child and the child is just basically learning whatever it's learning from the internet you know and 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 yeah and and it's 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 also it's also the shocking part of it as well is that it's killing the child's you know intuition it's killing the child's creativity and it's also killing their lateral thinking as well. So, and the last two years has been, you know, with COVID has helped 
disalarm because a lot of people were working from home and to keep their children quiet they had to basically give them a phone or give them a tablet and that in itself was creating the world that that we live in as well so it's kind of just made it worse hasn't it because whereas they they might have not done that or or given the child maybe an hour's screen time or, or something like that limited it now it's like just have it I just need some peace and quiet so I can work and and I understand that as as a parent I understand if you're trying to work from home you you need that peace and quiet but I think give the kids games to play or things to do that that aren't on the internet I I think it's a conscious decision and we spoke about this that During COVID, my nine-year-old at the time had a tablet and was hooked into it and watching it. And there would have been arguments if it was being taken away or not. And unfortunately, um, the tablet broke. And when it broke, I seen this nine-year-old girl at the time fall on the ground and scream like there was a egregore energy fighting that it couldn't believe that it wouldn't have a tablet. So we said we'll send the tablet away to be fixed. At that same time, I was speaking to someone who said that, you know, the damage that these are causing our children without us realizing. So in hindsight, something came along for us to see how this would change our daughter. And in doing so, I went off to China um, to get repaired. Um, <laughs> And there was a week of possession, screaming, nightmares, everything. And slowly but surely, our daughter started reading more and more. Mm -hmm. She started drawing, getting really good at art. She started to create the most strangest, wonderful, you know, illusions and, you know, making cities out of toilet roll holders or drawing making the city out of copier paper and designing and all this and then start reading reading more now a year on she questions every once a week she might or twice a week she might ask where's that where's the tablet and we said look we're waiting for the we're waiting for the part this is a year on but her lateral thinking has completely changed her focus has changed her creativity or intuition she's reading probably i would say you know, a book, you know, a, a child's book, which is two, three hundred pages every two weeks. So she's flying through the books. Right. The, Wonderful. She's right. She's now actually writing books now. And I'm shown to, to explaining words to her that words have great power. Like, you know, if someone says, do you understand me? It means, do you stand under me that you shouldn't accept that? You say, I know, but I comprehend what you're saying. Stuff like this. So she's learned the language and she watches a bit of Netflix. But what what I'm trying but what what I'm trying to get at is we had to make the sacrifice as well. We knew that we, myself, my wife, had to make that sacrifice. And that sacrifice was us was screaming, shouting, interacting. So we got board games. We bought board games and we played with them. And we made say, okay, we go to the park, we do this. So, and we... And what and what herself and her younger daughter would do, they cause fights with us where normally you would just go, oh, take my phone, take my phone, go away. 
because subconsciously they were doing that. But we go, no. And we go, right, we take this and we go, come on, we go to the park or come on, we do this because we had to make the sacrifice. And a lot of people think, oh, you take that away and I live my normal life. No, it's a family unit. It's something that everybody has to do for the survival of everyone in the unit. Does does that make sense? It makes total sense. And I think, yes, it's hard. I mean, parenting is hard, you know, but make no bones about it it's it's hard and it's it, at every step of the way something comes and slaps you in the face and it's like oh how do I deal with this but giving a child a playstation or a, a tablet is not the answer because and and the other thing that that a lot of parents have learned now to put the um the, the safeguards on on their phones uh, you know A lot haven't, but a a lot have. But the problem is, and please, parents out there, remember, when your kid goes to visit the grandparents, they have no controls on their phones or tablets. And what's happening is when the kids are going to the grandparents, they're finding all sorts of things that they shouldn't. So it's, it's a minefield. And because it's all fairly new I mean we're talking what the last 15 years people are still finding out and and making making mistakes and I think what what although I started with the my body program which was just a children's program I'm finding more and more that I'm working with parents to try and get them over the humps and in in every country it's different because in a lot of countries, they don't have unlimited Wi-Fi like we have here. So kids don't have that access, which is which is good. But then those parents sometimes are less aware of all the, the protocols and the safeguards that you need to put on your phone. So each, each area even, has it's, problems. It's not even that. It's even any parent that says to me, oh, like we have our child limited to the weekends, you know, four hours in the weekend. I know they break that. Yes. You know, oh, they yes. might say it to us, you know, to make themselves feel good. But then you're jumping into the other element. If we if we look at then teenagers, like teenagers are watching pornographic um, on on online, and then they think, that's how sexual intercourse happens between adults. So it's a performance or it's this. So they're 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 thinking they're missing the love element and 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 the, the that you know this the the respect the, the respect the nurturing, the nurturing yeah. and everything and they think it's just on it. So yeah, it's just sex. Yes, it, it it it's it's bad. And again, then. The parents are not having the conversations with the kids. So our kids are learning from the internet, which is a really bad thing. You know, I mean, they're literally learning everything from the internet. And as we know, there's a lot of fake stuff on the internet. There's a lot of stuff that's not true. There's, as you say, there's a lot of pornography on the internet. And we, a lot of parents are not having those conversations with um with their kids but it's also you know you'll see adults looking at something and if a child 
tries to talk to them as a question because they're typing a message or they're reading something their their attention is focused into yeah. that screen that they'll shout at the child because they're trying to get something across because they're stressed yeah. and it's like when facebook went down last year the amount of people that lost their mind because it was the only connection they felt they had with the outside world and that is worrying in itself. Now, I would have, I would talk to people who love digital and loved, you know, the way, love the metaverse and love all of it. And they said, oh, yeah, but all this gaming and everything is creating a new, um, you know, creating uh, new ideas and teaching children to think in a different way. And I'm kind of going, you know, no, I think it's, I think it's, they're losing. And we talk about we only use 10% of our brain. I'm wondering, in another 5,000 years, will we only have 5%? Because what's happening is we used to use it all and it's slowly being taken away because you don't need to think. You don't need to use your intuition. Everything is focused outwards. You know, everybody's getting what they want. They no longer know what they need. And it's reducing the numbness of the brain to just come, you know, it, 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 robots. It's, yeah, it's, it's worrying. It's worrying. And, you know, you were talking about kids and stuff like that. Kids asking questions is how they learn. And how we answer those questions is important. You know, if we just answer with uh, because I said so, you know, well, look, my child asked me a question and I'll get, I'll, I go the opposite. I'll explain it that she'll say, mom, dad's doing it again. You know, <laughs> that I'm, I go. Oh, I just <laughs> asked a little I'm question. I just asked this question. He's, he's, he's giving me the big, well, if it's this and the reason that is, because, oh, will you just stop? And, and, but they laugh at that later on. And, but it, it's, it's, it's getting, getting it. Getting it over the line, as I say. But yeah, the the, the 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 interaction between people. I mean, my husband and I go for a lot of walks, and and we sit outside a lot. Um, we've got a little covered terrace thing, so we can we can go outside and put the, we put the heater on if it's cold. But we don't sit in front of the TV a lot. Um, and I think that's really important, even just for relationships. I mean, we're talking about children, but if the parents don't have a, a good communicative relationship, it's it's not going to help with the kids, is it? You know, because it, it, it's a family unit and it needs to be functional between whoever's in the family. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I, I have my own opinions on I think the state is trying to break up the family unit as well. You know, um, that's a different day's conversation. Okay. Um, but if you look at, you know, walk into some apartments now and they have the sitting room and they have the, the kitchen and the kitchen table is in the sitting room and that's driving everyone towards the TV or, you know, you go out and you see families eating and the parents are eating and the kids are on the tablets, you know, it's, it's yeah, take, all, it's, all it's, four it's, of them are on are the all, tablets. Or all four. And it's, <laughs> it, yeah. And it's taking away that conversation. Yeah. And 
I know a lot of people listen to us will will agree or will disagree, and some people will have a shock on. Oh my God, that's that's me. I need to change it. But you know, even if people were to do a thirty day challenge, that we said right, we every night we eat together. There is no tablets. There is we 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 take away all our tablets for a month. Like we had to do that. We basically said that we wouldn't be on our phones either. Oh no. Now our kids know we need our phones for work. So if we're on them, she, and if, so we don't even give our children our phones. They, you know, if they try and take a phone, we're going to kind of have that back and they'll give it back. But if someone was to even do a 30 day process and children change like that, children yeah. change. Oh, they adapt know, it's, it's, really they, quickly. They adapt really quickly on yeah. them as well. Your program. Yes. Explain to the audience what it does and how it can benefit them to understand their children more. Okay. Well, first of all, we need to understand that at least 50% of our children are abused in some way. And that's all around the world, everywhere. So one of the best ways we can protect our children is to talk to them and educate them on prevention of child abuse. Um, 95% of the people that abuse children are people either in the family, close friends, or people that parents like us trust with our children. And that makes it harder for children to come forward because it is a friend. If it was a stranger, it would be easier for them. So what we have to do is start the conversation. So I have a program called My Body is My Body, which is free for everybody to use, download, whatever you need to do from the website. And it starts the conversation with your children. There's six songs that, that talk about body safety, if, about feelings. If something doesn't feel right, somebody makes them feel uncomfortable. Uh, we've got a, a song called the What If Game. We've got a song called If You've Got a Problem, Tell Somebody. Um, one called Love is Gentle. And then one called Say No to Secrets because abuse thrives in secrecy. So I encourage parents, especially from the age of three, where children are aware of their bodies, they're aware um, they're just at a good age to start empowering them with their bodies. And so you can start talking to them. These songs are little cartoons that are on YouTube that you can play your play to your kids and then just start the conversation. It's all about having that interaction with your child so that as they grow up, if anything happens, you have, you've opened the lines of communication so that they feel comfortable talking to you or coming to you. Um, and that's what the program is all about, is just initiating and, and educating children that it, people shouldn't be hurting them or touching their private parts or bullying them or, you know, I mean, we've got so much bullying that's going on and children committing suicide because of bullying, because they don't feel they can talk to anybody. So this is just a grounding for all young children so that you can have those conversations with your child. And, and, and the program is in um, 
I've, the the text of the program is in 25 languages and the songs are in 12 languages so you know it, it's there for many many different parents you're listening to joe dalton on dublin south fm crossing the rubicon do you think that sometimes certain stuff gets slipped under the radar especially in our education system and the reason i say that was because there was I was listening to in Parliament in Australia where they were actually one one of the members of Parliament was screaming and shouting that kids of from the age of five up to ten were asked to go home and ask their fathers about erection. What did you do with about erection, masturbation, and ejaculation? And okay. you know. And and we've seen in other schools and other programs that are sort of slipping in certain education programs, which isn't really, in my own opinion, children at that age aren't really ready for that sort of talk. Yeah. That's yeah. teenager stuff and, and talking it about is. it. So, you know, I and question... And that program goes into no detail. I think that's why it's effective and that's why it's used in so many different communities even the most conservative communities around the world, because it doesn't, there's no sexual talk in, in the program. All it says is that you have a body and you have hands and legs and feet and, and you have private parts, you know, and private parts are where your underwear or your swimsuit covers and people, nobody should be touching your private parts. Uh, you know, you know and, so and, and we're not for- going into detail. Like for for certain governments to do that in their education system, you know, I go, who's teaching these? Who's who's accepting this? And what's happened as well is that parents have allowed. We talked about computers there and laptops, but have allowed schools to be the authority over their children. They brought them into systems and going, ah, they're grand, I was grand on it, it works, without actually stopping and going, okay, what is their children being learned in this subject? What are they being learned in this subject? What is it? And parents actually going and looking. And if if you don't put up your hand, if you don't look, it's silent consent. And that's what parents are doing as well. So. You know, this your your program is a great stepping stone for yes. any parent or teacher who want to question. Like even over here, we had school books that were being introduced into first year. So we're talking 12, 13 year olds in the English literature. And there was a selection of books. And some of the 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 literature was absolutely shocking. We did a program on it here a while back that it was, you know, um there was rape scenes in it you know it, it was it was shocking that these are being brought into children's minds yeah that's yeah, where it's, I, it's it's that whole keying of the mind so children like i've said to my children on many occasions you know you know if i ever get cross with you you know it's never your fault it's always my fault i've said that to them and I say to them regularly, and just as a reminder, and also my children, like when I'm reading my children's stories at night, we then talk about their day and we have a conversation, what you do today? And they'll tell That's the day. Right. Yeah. And and my daughter then will say, oh, something happened. Can I tell you, you won't get cross? No, you know, I never get cross with that. And it's those conversations that yes. we express on it. So important. 
But as adults, like everything that happens to us when we're children affects us from when we were adults. From, from, sorry, let me rephrase that. Everything that affects us as adults, something happened when we were children. Yes. You know, for me, it was being dyslexic in primary school and not remembering any of a certain couple of years in primary school because I'm sure I was laughed at and jeered at and all. So I suffered from, um, it was inferior complex because of that. Now, but there's other children who've had abuse in other levels and everything that, and as adults, they're going to have to do an awful lot. So parents can help those children understand. So when they do turn into adults, if something happened, that bridge of, you know, break the bridge of breaking through and be free and understanding that you are you can be can be shortened. Yes, uh, I mean, I'll just give you an example of not good parenting, and and it was from my mum because when when I finally did come come out and tell about my abuse, which was from a, a babysitter. Um, and I told my mom when I when I was 30, when I kind of shared it with the world, um, she just went, well, I didn't know. And that was it, in a conversation. And and that does a lot of damage because it's like, okay, I, I don't want to talk about it. And I think a lot of times that was also old school. A lot of the older generation just go okay it's not a nice subject I don't want to talk about it and that's what we've got to get over to our parents one talk to your kids but you've got to have these difficult conversations so that the kids can come to you and ask questions and feel that you're supportive of them but but from a wider scale people are more comfortable living with the lie then accepting the truth of what's going on let's look at the world and you know we talk about you mentioned to someone oh about pedophilia they go oh i don't want to talk about that i don't want to know and we we did a program on that as well and nobody wants to talk about it because they're comfortable not knowing about it and happy to live that lie and by doing that whoever's doing it gets away with it Yes, well, I mean, if, if everybody's watching the whole Jimmy Savile thing on, on Netflix at the moment. I can't you, watch it because I know. Yeah. And I've, and I've, I've you know. I haven't watched the second part. I've only watched the first part where it went into its history. I, look, I the man, yeah, the, the man, you know, we were talking about it, you know, uh, you know, everybody wanted to, and even I remember, can I write a letter to the gym with fixtures? But the man was going into children's homes, and then he was actually there was dead bodies you know i know this is not what people want to hear today but yes i mean just horrendous but what upsets me about the whole jimmy savile thing is the bbc knew knew and they are still the authority educating people on everything today and they knew and what what about the doctor from the olympics that sexually abused over a couple of hundred girls, you know, and somebody must have known there were reports. Nobody took any notice of the reports. We've got to stop going, oh, we might upset somebody. Now, I'm, I, 
when I do the program to the with the kids, I always say, don't you dare make false reports because you're being abusive of somebody else if you make a false report. It's a really serious subject. And this, so don't ever do something like that to, to get back at somebody. Do you know what I mean? Somebody's been nasty to you. Oh, I'll, I'll say they touched me. You know, we've we've got to start having honest and open discussions and so that we can truth, truth and courage. Truth and courage. Yes. That, you know, it's, they're the things we have to, you know, make our children be able to be authentic in that way, speak your mind, be, and parents should be, have the truth and the courage to say no, instead of twitching curtains and going, oh no, look, it's, it's, and the problem with the world is that no one gives a damn until it lands on their doorstep. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So the whole, <clears throat> again, when I'm speaking to people, it's like you need to educate your community, however big, small. We need to educate the communities around us so that people are aware. It, you, if, if that parent does it and that parent does it and then 20 other sets of parents don't encourage talking or, or education on the subject, then it's not going to work. We've, we've got to... We've got to keep the discussion going within communities and make people aware what to look for, what kind of children predators look for, you know, and, and also that other children are abusing and sexually abusing our children. Because if we go back to the pornography thing, they're learning it online and then they're practicing yeah, in real life. It, you know, first we need unity in the community, which, yes. you know, definitely in that. And you, you mentioned there about the signs, like how does someone know? You know, predators are are great of masking themselves. And like, how does someone know if someone is a predator? Is it, you know, it's it goes beyond gut feeling, you know? It's, yeah, it's, I, th- I think gut feeling and also somebody um, that, is over enthusiastic to be with your child. So if somebody is going, ah, oh, don't worry, I'll take so-and-so to their game or I'll pick them up. Oh, it's no trouble. I'm going that way anyway. If, if they're doing that as a matter of habit, you know, I'm not saying that there aren't very nice people in the world because they are, but have a look and also watch your child's, reaction to that person if when that person goes to um put put their arm around your child or something and the child's mm, doing this or flinching you know it it, it, a lot of it's to do with as you say gut feeling um but just watching little things also if your child starts their behavior changes that's a that's a good reaction you know you sort of got an outgoing child that suddenly becomes very um withdrawn um you know and wants to sit in their bedroom a lot and i mean i know a lot of teenagers do but you know there's something that changes drastically in your child's demeanor um all sorts of things their schoolwork can can sort of go but down that's, that's yeah but that's even you can look at that even from bullying and Yes. You know, it's even we say our kids tell tales on each other and go, don't be telling tales on, on 
your brother and sister. And I think that's wrong to say yeah. that because that's, you know, there's a saying, snitches get stitches. You know, yeah, but you, you can't be, you, you're trying to teach a balance between your kids. You don't need to tell us everything that your siblings yeah. do or someone does, but you then need to be open and discuss everything. So there's that fine yeah, line. It's, 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 you know, oh, if so-and-so took my book, yeah, give the book back, you know. Um, <clears throat> but as you say, you don't need to know every little thing. But again, it's 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 awareness. Parents need to be aware. And sometimes we get so busy with our lives and our work and all our problems. I mean, we've we've got even more problems now with the cost of living going up, cost of petrol going up, how are we going to pay the rent? <clears throat> that sometimes the kids get the brunt end of, of the stick because of 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 what is going on. Yeah, and, definitely. Um, and we've just got to make that time, even if it's 20 minutes a day where you sit with your child. You know, you don't need to spend hours with them, but if you if you make sure that you have that one-on-one for just that little bit of time and they know that that time's theirs, that's important. Family daddy together, you know, it's 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 even having that, even having that meal every Sunday you know, where everyone talks and the conversation, and they can be great. They can be very funny as well, those oh, those yes. meals. Like, we, we try and have big family meals, you know, where, as I say, we had 14 people down for dinner during the week with all the kids running around and all. So all those things are, are, are important. Chrissy, if someone wants to reach out to you, if someone wants to use your program as a parent or if a school wants to introduce it to the teachers to help them or vice versa what 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 can they do okay well i'll I'll tell you what i've got i've got two free courses um for for teachers and parents one is introduction to child maltreatment which tells you all about it what signs are why we need to teach it all that sort of thing. And then I've got another free course which teaches the six songs, what you should say to the kids. It's got lesson plans for the teachers. It's got workbooks for the kids that you can download. So all all of that is, is on the website. It's all free to use. You can download it. You can share it with your schools. You can share it with if you've got parents in a club or or whatever it's just there to use and you know you said uh, am I worried about people taking it and redoing it as their own I don't care if if people share anything about child abuse prevention it's fine you know if if people want to use my songs with their program it's fine I don't I don't mind I just want the message to go out and people to start talking, people to start educating their kids, and hopefully we can prevent a lot of heartache and a lot of problems that the kids will have as they grow up because because of the self-harm, 50% of suicides are abused children, 78% of people in jails, I mean, you'll know all of this, Joe. there are abused kids. We can change society by doing this kind of education. Very speechless. It's very hard to stop me from talking. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But, yeah, you're so right, and only 
you know, if one person picks up this, you know, that ripple effect could change many lives on it as well. Absolutely. So you, you never know whose life you're changing. No. And no. um and you can just save a lot of lot of heartache. And I can I can say that honestly, because I know what I went through and I know what I went through by not talking. And it's it's a, a hard, hard graft to get back to some kind of normality after going through an abuse. Chrissy, thanks for coming on the show. We've run out of time. I think we could go on, but thank you for, <laughs> for coming on the show. Yes, folks, if you tune in and you'll, you know, some of the courses that Chrissy's doing are amazing. And, you know, if you do care, which I know you do about your children, stop for that one moment, sit down and ask them, how are you doing? The digital world will always be there. The external world has casualties as children go grow up. And the one thing that we need to do is stand tall, stand proud, hug our children, tell them we love them, and know that they are home, they are safe, and they are enough. Until next week, Joe Dalton here at Dublin South FM. Take care. And remember, here at Dublin South FM, we're interviewing plenty of people around the world, conscious leaders, and that's why we have the Conscious Business Podcast, which is part of the Conscious Business Academy, offering purpose, profit, and prosperity in your life through soulful selling, mindful marketing, conscious leadership, and creative culture. You want to reach out to me? It's joedalton.ie. You have an awesome week, and take care and look after yourself. You're listening to Joe Dalton on Dublin South FM, crossing the Rubicon.